1: Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Laurie-Ann Rising.
2: And I'm your other host, Uncle Mark Olmstead.
1: Part of our mission on the show is to help build bridges of understanding and awareness by uplifting voices that are not typically heard. We believe this expands empathy, compassion, and connection to create a world that works for everyone. Our guest today has a unique and powerful story that gives her an invaluable perspective on life.
2: And I am so looking forward to that conversation. This is wonderful to have her on the on the show today. But before we get started, I want to remind you that we are transitioning from a stationary lifestyle to a more mobile one. And while that's its own adventure, there are some perks. We've had some amazing opportunities to spend some time on the northern Oregon coast, where we are still currently, and uh, where the water is always seriously cold, whales can be seen from the shore as just was day before yesterday elk pass right by our door actually they come right up to the windows of the house and as of yesterday lorianne is now throwing flounder back into the sea and more so if you'd like to tag along on some of our adventures you can just for just two bucks a month you get access to extended interviews and the ability to travel vicariously with us while supporting the show So, visit RiseAndShineAsOne.com and and click on our fan club to learn more.
1: And today, we are joined by Amanda McDonough. She was diagnosed with hearing loss at the age of four. She hit that, though, from family and friends, teachers, and the world. Yet, she got straight A's, had a successful child acting career, Mm -hmm. and led a fairly normal life. During the most difficult part of her college career, she became completely deaf. She didn't know sign language, could no longer speak well, and couldn't yet lip read. She taught herself how to communicate again and set out on a journey of self-discovery. Today, she has a bachelor's degree in international business and marketing management and resides in Los Angeles, California, enjoying inspirational speaking, acting, and advocacy. Amanda's recent acting credits include ABC's Speechless, NBC's Bad Judge, Our Town, with Tony-nominated Deaf West Theater, and her films Passenger, Loud and Clear, and Lady Electric have won awards. She has a popular YouTube channel and partners with Accessibility Media and Pomona Proud to spread awareness with the public. Welcome, Amanda.
3: (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk Uh, to you guys today.
2: This is I'm just jealous. What? During jealous?
3: COVID, like, I've seen four walls the entire time. You guys oh. get whales.
2: Oh, <laughs> man. Well, you know.
1: We um, haven't been here the whole time. No. No.
2: No. No. It has only been <laughs> the last so month. I'm
3: so jealous. <laughs> I'm a California girl, born and raised, and our beaches were closed, and, oh. and then they were crowded, and then they were closed again. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, I better. miss the sand between my toes, that's for sure.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, we are we are very
3: glad you're here with us today and it's it's unusual
1: to do a radio interview with someone who's deaf so i kind of want to just share with our listeners how that's working and so we're actually on zoom with you so you can see us and for the most part you're lip reading but you also were sharing there's there's more to it than that also um
3: my Cochlear implant processor is directly connected to my iPad. So all the sound of you guys is going completely like unfiltered straight into my head. Um, So I don't have to worry about distractions or outside noise or background noise. Uh, Helps me get as much out of the, the little bit of sound my processor helps me pick up as I can. Um, and it's funny because I mean, it's 2020. Technology has evolved. Um, it's, it's really not hard for me to do these these kinds of interviews anymore. Um, but people done. don't realize how easy it can
2: be. I'll be. That's cool. So, so even though that it's it's direct in, it's still not a real loud signal necessarily, or or real. Clear. Or... I have
3: complete control over the volume. Oh wow! Um, over, I can filter out background noise. If you guys had background noise happening with you, I can filter that out on my end. Wow! I have complete control over what I hear, how I hear so it. So
2: you are uh, you're so... a mobile audio studio, basically. <laughs>
3: Ultimately, yeah. And
2: there you go, man. Okay, that is the okay.
1: ultimate in selective listening.
2: Okay, the the the, the Borg <laughs> lifestyle sounds sounds more attractive when you put it that way. That that's. <laughs>
3: I don't normally well, do that to my husband sometimes. He's like, oh, no process. Oh, Sorry, honey. That's right. <laughs> it's on your head. I was like, I turned it off. Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Battery ran out. Ah, oh, darn. Oops. Well, and so, the that's the new news is the husband. This is yes, uh, a recent. I
3: just got married. Yeah, uh, May thirtieth. So we had a COVID wedding. Unfortunately, okay. our big. Exciting, extravagant wedding um, had to be postponed.
2: Okay. Well, this all when, when it's passes. available.
3: Yeah. Okay. You didn't they meet.
2: Have- you didn't meet during COVID. You, you've known each other for a while.
3: Correct. We actually met online because oh. we're millennials. Okay. Um, <laughs> how else do millennials meet? <laughs> sure. We yeah. met on an online dating site. And um, my dad pre approved him. Oh, which, wow. yeah, because, you know, girls love showing their online dating profiles to their fathers. Ah, um, well, but,
2: okay, <laughs> I remember that.
3: I just <laughs> happened to be like, hey, dad. Oh, no, oh, wow. I just happen to be like, hey, dad, this guy works for a company, my dad used to work for NASA JPL, and my husband works for NASA JPL. I was like, have you ever heard of this guy? Like, he says he works from NASA, but like. <laughs> Hey, that's a fair question. Anyone can buy a NASA shirt. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. anyone can. Yeah. Right, right. Um so I was like, can, can, you, can you look him up? Can you like call your old colleagues and be like, hey, is this guy legit? Should I let my daughter go out with him? And he was legit. And so he went out and um, nice. uh, I guess that's his history. That's
2: wow. really smart, actually. That's, that's you good. kinda
1: have to anymore.
2: <laughs> that's really that's yeah. that's pretty safe though, to sick your dad on him early. You know, <laughs> I mean that that's <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 no, he
3: thinks it's his idea.
4: Oh
2: that for
3: us to mean. He thinks that he gets all the credit for oh, my, you know, well. picking my husband. I'm like, no daddy, that's that's not how this works. <laughs> I picked him. I was he was just part of the vetting process. Serial killer. Right, right, right. Exactly. Just part all of the that, vetting that process. That's helpful.
2: <laughs> wow. So so on the uh, hearing issue though yeah. uh, with this latest scenario we're living out here how given being a lip reader how is it to go out in society when everyone's wearing masks is that been running have you been running into That's issues been
3: Interesting because as an immunocompromised person, person myself, and uh, my roommate is a cancer survivor, so she also has a weakened immune system, oh so we're gosh. really grateful that people are wearing masks, but also as a completely deaf woman who relies on the reading for probably 90% of my, com- my communication and, and being an extreme extrovert, uh-huh. I love striking conversations with complete strangers. I cannot do that right now. I can't see your facial expressions. Your body language is half covered up when your face is covered. Like, I just, it's been a struggle. I've had a couple situations where I'm at the grocery store and I'm like, just in line for my groceries. And I guess there's a a spot open and at a different cashier that I'm not looking at. And people just start screaming and yelling at me. And I can feel vibrations of sound. So I can tell that people are yelling at me, but I'm like, I'm deaf. I don't, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to upset anyone. I can't hear you. And then people <sighs> are like, Shh, deaf people can't talk. And I was like, well, hi, deaf. And, and I talk and I literally wrote a book about it. So, like, <laughs> what? <yeah>. Uh, <laughs>
2: been, what? what? Do you have to carry your book around everywhere you go and just say, this is me, okay? You know, really, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really deaf. I mean, you, you speak so well and... And and it's so, and you obviously, and you read lips so well, it would be understandable that people could just, it's hard to believe that you really can't hear because you just communicate, like right now, you're just, it, it just seems, it's amazing to me to, to you know, have the effectiveness of... It's actually a what blessing and
3: a curse.
2: A blessing and a yes. curse, yeah. It's
3: actually yeah. a blessing and a curse in some ways because... Um, it, it's funny because when I was growing up, um, like you guys said before, I wasn't born deaf. I started losing my hearing when I was about four years old. Mm-hmm. And I hid it from the world. And um, I, because I was ashamed of mm. losing of being different or being mm. hard of hearing, um, mm. because society stereotypes told me that if you become deaf, then you're disabled. And then you can't have a job and you can't have a real life and you can't, 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 can't. Um, so I didn't want to be limited by that, that belief system. And I bought into that belief for a really long time until I was um, in the middle of my junior year and my senior year of college. And I had seriously relied on what hearing I had left as it had gradually decreased. And I'd relied on that hearing for everything, communication mm-hmm. with my family, communication with my friends, my college classes. And I went from one day going to sleep with enough hearing to function to waking up the next day with a hundred percent hearing loss in both ears and because of a surgery i was actually completely mute i had lost my voice um and my ability to talk i didn't know how to lip read well and i didn't know sign language because i was always so afraid of this idea of deaf. i never went out looking for people like me um so the only way i could communicate was writing on a whiteboard that hung around my neck and i would they would write are you hungry and i would write yes but it was always yes because i was you know in my early twenties, you can do as much as you
4: want then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah,
3: So it was just no. writing back and forth um, until I was able to teach myself to lip read.
2: Um, okay, and I, I I don't understand why. So overnight, you lost also the ability to speak. I don't. I, I'm I'm not following. How did that How did that happen? Because you could speak before. You could you could hear and speak just fine, and then overnight.
3: Yeah, I actually had a tonsillectomy, and there were complications during my tonsillectomy. Um, (sighs) That made it, so my throat was so swollen because they just removed my tonsils from my throat, Um, and it took me like probably two or three times longer than the normal person to recover from a tonsillectomy. So my throat was so swollen, and then because I didn't get to use my voice for months, I had to basically reteach myself, and I went deaf during that time, so I could no longer hear what I was (sighs) sounds I was making, um, I was oh. to, to reteach myself how to talk using muscle memory and vibration. Um, and my, eventually my parents ears, like, am I saying this right? And I was constantly not saying, not pronouncing things correctly. Um, so it was really a process teaching myself to talk again and teaching myself to talk this well. Um, and even talking like this, I, I'm putting a lot of conscious effort into it. But I just talk naturally that I have a lot of other deaf accent and people kind of pick up on that because uh, when you're deaf, it doesn't, mm, sorry, focusing back again. When <laughs> you're deaf, I mean, you don't really think about how much you have to move your tongue <laughs> Wow, um, I
1: suppose. to
3: make sounds happen.
1: Well, and you yeah. can't hear the difference. I think a lot of people don't yeah. realize how yeah. much our own hearing corrects our speaking. Yes, And vice versa, it's just natural until it's gone. Or lack basically. of
2: listening to our own speaking <laughs> <laughs> allows yeah. for whatever it is coming out of our mouth. You yes. so,
1: so is, it, wow. is oh. it common for you to run into people who assume that you can't speak because you're deaf or other basically myths that... I mean just I mean to me that doesn't in some ways I guess it makes sense, but not totally. Like mm-hmm. they're connected but not you can you can speak. You're doing great. Yeah. You're showing us that. So <laughs> but it it seems like that would be common or, or has been.
3: It's every single day of my life. <laughs> wow. Not right now wearing masks. Um not while well, everyone's wearing masks. I have at this point to avoid people screaming and yelling at me. <laughs> Because I know everyone's a little more anxious, a little more stressed right now, and normally I'm fantastic. I have so much patience when it comes to, I understand, okay, oh, I have to explain you, I'm deaf, and they go, how'd you go deaf? And then I have to explain that, and they go, well, how can you talk? And then I have to explain that. All, not all deaf people are the same. The stereotype of this deaf person who can't communicate is not educated, um, is disabled in the worst way, it is not accurate to what being deaf in 2020 is what um, our reality is. We have text messaging, we have FaceTime, we have Zoom calls, we have sign language interpreters, we have captioning, we have the Americans with Disabilities Act, which just turned 30 last month. Woo!
1: Hey. Wow.
3: Um, so,
1: and uh, yet you're still fighting for those rights and awareness after three decades.
3: Yes, we are. It's it's <sighs> an <sighs> ongoing battle, but I I think that most of the disability advocates, and especially the ones that I know and love and work with every day, they're made out of really strong stock. <laughs> like,
4: Must
2: these be these
3: people yeah. are resilient. This, wow. This okay,
2: which which is like okay, we are talking to you partly because the kinds of experiences that that have <laughs> formed your life and that resiliency and that commitment to persevering is what i'm seeing we're all up against right now i mean it's it we're we're having to find another level of that and, and I, I feel uh, particularly um passionate about getting the idea of developing that resiliency across to our next generations and and so with this uh, i mean did you have how did you develop this resiliency for yourself, or was it was it something you got from your parents? Do you have like you know a hero or a hero in your life that that inspired you that or or how did you develop these this sense of value that uh, that has kept you kept your attitude strong through all of this?
3: Honestly, it was going deaf. Um, it, that was the best thing that ever happened to me, which is kind of crazy because. Wow. One, it was something I was afraid of my entire life. Silence, I was terrified of silence my entire life. I was terrified of losing my hearing. It was the worst case scenario for me. I went to bed every night as a child. I, I would cry and I would pray and I would beg God. I never asked for my hearing back, but I was, like, I was like, please don't let it get any worse. Just don't let it get any worse. I can function like this, just don't let it get any worse. And, and then when I woke up and I was deaf and I was mute, and I did, because I'm human, I let myself feel sorry for myself for like, I want to stay a couple of days where I was like just like sad and on the couch and not moving and I didn't want anyone around and I was just kind of bitter. And then I kind of had this epiphany, I'm like, wait a second, I'm still me. Like, mm-hmm. I still have the same thoughts. I still have the idea, same ideas, the same dreams. Um, I still, you know, I, nobody can take away the education that I do have. And I realized, you know what, what was I doing when this happened? I was like, well, my goal was to finish college and then i realized okay what do i need to do that i'm like well i need to be able to communicate with my ideas people and i need to somehow understand other people's ideas and learn them so, so just that, broke and it. i started teaching myself to talk and teaching myself to lip So mm-hmm. So i was like it's just baby wow. steps
2: broke it down but, to like the baby steps it sounds like yeah, just just one what what what's the very next step i need to take okay this yeah, focus and, and on really, that wow
3: that so is how, all resilience is, is what can I do now to make tomorrow, to get a little bit closer to, to tomorrow, what I want? Like baby steps every day. And wow. on days that you fail, it's just like, oh, okay. Tomorrow you get back up. All right, what baby step can I take today?
1: Wow. Uh, so wow. how long did that That's process so cool. take for you to go from basically mute and deaf to being able to you know, maybe not a hundred percent, but to feel comfortable again in, in, you know, communicating in the world and, and making it work and functional.
3: Uh, I think that's is something I, I struggle with a little bit. Um, I don't think that there's ever, I don't think anyone ever feels perfect in their communication or their ability to be social or anything like that. Everyone has insecurities and things they second guess about themselves. And for me, it's every new situation, I have to go in, I kind of have to analyze it, okay, how am I going to, I have to find different ways to communicate, so how am I going to make this work for me? Um,
2: So, but you just graduated college, what, three years ago? (laughs)
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry the listeners can't see the look on your face, that's just perfect. (laughs) Well, you know, it
3: was hardcore sarcasm. I actually, 2020 has been my year. I uh, got married in 2020. I turned 30 in 2020.
4: Uh
2: huh.
3: <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. 30. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I graduated back in 2012.
2: Okay. So it was during that prior four year period that you lost your, your, the rest of your hearing and had to really do this soul-searching of finding yourself and deciding who you are going to be from there that is
3: yeah and after i um, i when i completed college i managed to graduate with my my two degrees in four uh, years so on time
2: two degrees uh, actually, in four years
3: yeah oh my god i got a. I i was ready for this because it's, it's a mouthful so i have a bachelor's of science in business administration double majoring in international business and in marketing management with an emphasis in entertainment marketing is that wow
2: me? oh <laughs> wow i <today.
3: laughs> <laughs> uh, in four years yeah it was total lazy ass obviously
1: wow
2: oh, and doing it deaf <laughs> and doing it while learning now,
1: learning to communicate s- all sign
2: language again. and okay ladies and gentlemen if there is some, if if you're feeling challenged by your oh day oh
3: my gosh <sighs> I, yeah okay but i'm not the smartest person ever. I mean, Um, I had to work at it. I had to study. I had to get tutors. Like it definitely wasn't um, like easy breezy um, for me, but I did it. And that was my goal is to, you know, get that degree. And then the next step was what, what is the next step? I don't know. Um, Actually, that's when I ended up going, I went and I worked for a marketing company. It was not easy as a deaf person to get a job. uh, By the way, it was near impossible. Nobody would hire me. Um, I can talk, I can communicate, but still the second they saw the word deaf and I asked for accommodation for phone calls. Never heard from wow. any of the companies again. Didn't imagine that I graduated near the top of my class from college or that I had the degrees or that I was resilient. Um, I, I could not get a job and, um, but I did manage to eventually, uh, with a little help from a, uh, government program, get a job in marketing. And uh, realized, you know, this may be what my degree's but my passion is acting. Mm. I didn't feel like I was making the world a better place in marketing. I felt like I was selling people stuff they didn't need.
4: Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> like, like
1: your addiction to Amazon.
3: Yes! Oh my <laughs> gosh! I used
1: to be one of those
2: people. You've come full circle. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, and this is, this is great. I want to dive more into this, oh. but we do need to take a short break. So, oh are, yes, we are at that time. Uh, huh. But before we do, we want to remind all of the authors and musicians out there how much we want to help you connect with a larger audience and get your message heard. As authors ourselves, we know how difficult that can be. Yeah, so, absolutely. we have set up several options and made those available so if you or someone you know has a nonfiction memoir or children's book or creates original music with a message the world needs to hear we want to help promote your work to our audience there are several ways you could be a guest on the show you could do an online interview and promote your work um, through our social media channels. We could play your song and we syndicate all of our shows across more than eight other podcasting channels. So it definitely gets heard. So there's a number of fun options starting at just $25. You can just visit our website at riseandshineas1.com to learn more and feel free to reach out to us for customized options as well. After the commercial break, you're going to hear one of Uncle Mark's original songs called Crash Course. It brings out a little bit different side of the Uncle Mark than you have heard before. But honestly, it is really one of my favorite songs. So looking forward to sharing that with you right after this.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit TrueSunBeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Ann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose, and if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit loriannerising.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: you're listening to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. And you just heard one of Uncle Mark's original songs called Crash Course. If you enjoyed that and you'd like a copy of your own, it is on his One Piece at a Time CD, and you can find that at truesunbeam.com.
2: We're here today talking with Amanda McDonough, author of Ready to Be Heard and an inspiring woman, an underlined exclamation inspiring, who went completely deaf in college and yet has had a successful speaking and acting career. And we were just talking about the, what what I think, what what I want to be talking about, I just want to shift it right over to okay, where's music in your life? (laughs) Miss deaf person.
3: (laughs) People, you know, assume that and one of the things is like they fear if they go deaf they start losing their hearing, they're going to lose music because music uh-huh. is just this human experience. And it's uh-huh. just this thing that is a part of our culture and our being and our lives. Um, and music for me is actually, it has always been a part of my life. I started singing um, when I was, I was five years old. I used to, I sang jazz at the House of Blues. I I was in choirs. We won first place, I think it was like in the California state competition or something when I was in high school, uh, musical theater, all of that. And then I was in, before I was old enough to be in bars, I was playing in a band um, as a backup singer in bars. So. <laughs> oh, wow.
2: In coll- this is in college before you've lost your total hearing. And you, yeah, you still have a I little had bit. L-
3: the band, I want to say like six months before I went completely deaf wow i just couldn't hear my own voice anymore i was really struggling oh. when you're singer, that's hard but yeah. the crazy thing about going deaf and music is um there's actually this one moment and i'll, I'll make the story really quick but there's this moment i'd gone deaf and i was really really upset about it and my dad and i that's the way we've always connected is through music and so when i went deaf he didn't know how to talk to me or what to talk to me about anymore
1: oh. and
3: um, one day um he and my mom Um, and I, and my brother, we went to this, like, back outside church event where they had like, you know, a little mini concert with, you know, a local band playing oldies and, and normally me and my dad would hang out and rock out and dance music. And he, he takes me there, like, instinctively right up to the stage and looks at me like, all right, this is our thing, this is what we're going to do. And I'm just standing there like in complete silence looking at him like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm standing there and I realize, you know, he really wants me to pretend to dance. So I'm in a fake dance right now. Okay, yeah, hold on. I'm just taking my cues from everyone else around me. And a few songs in, randomly, I feel I start realizing that, okay, you know how you can always feel the bass and the drums yeah. when you're yeah. at concerts? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this pattern. That That's the bass, okay. I'm feeling this other pattern, that's the drums, okay. And then randomly, while I'm dancing, Acting like I'm having a good time, I realize this is the start to "Sweep Home, in Alabama." Oh. I was like, "What? No way!" I was like, "No, I can't actually know this. I can't hear. How would I possibly know this?" And I turn to my dad, and I'm like, "No, I know this!" And I like scream at the top of my ho- my lungs, "Sweep Home, mm. Alabama!" And my dad's mouth just drops. Like, <laughs>
1: like,
3: yeah, like awesome. <laughs> I will um. doubt your ability to do anything ever again. <laughs> wow. So I explored that, I started um, listening to my old CDs, you know, Spice Girls, The Beatles, because those obviously are related. Um, <laughs> but in my life, they were. <laughs> <laughs> NSYNC and, and Madonna, and I would listen to all of these old CDs, and I would put my hand on my boombox. Yes, I am that old. Um like my CD player boombox, and I would feel the vibrations, and I started realizing, oh my gosh, I can feel every vibration of music. Music is just vibrations, and my body started becoming because you lose a sense and your other senses start getting heightened. I started becoming super sensitive to these vibrations to the point where it was almost like a transcending experience to listen and feel mm. music for me. it was um completely like a, a like soul touching because uh, instead of just you know focusing on the words and yeah, like yeah. the like the basic like just the face of something instead i could feel the emotions yeah. i could feel exactly what the artist was feeling when they wrote those notes like it just was this overwhelming amazing experience and now that i also have my cochlear implant i've been Trying to teach myself to sing again, and um, really, really, really connect and dig into music, and it's just this beautiful experience because now I can feel it
4: uh-huh. mm-hmm. yep. in this yep. e-
3: exceptional way and experience it, kind of like on that basic level that most people do. So it's just hard to explain. But oh,
2: no, that was wonderful. That, that just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that makes mo- sense. well, no, it, 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 just to, to to go from just hearing it. And cognitive having having music be the, the, the cognitive understood experience that we all have and grow up with I think that just you're just anchoring the feeling side of it like as like you had to had to erase the cognitive option and and, and just just start over with the, with the the frequency the vibration and oh man the feeling oh that is yes,
3: I thank, thank you. you you've summarized that way better than i did I, my dad used to, used to ask me and i'd be like oh my gosh i love this guitar and he's like okay what is that like to you and i was like oh well, i feel the guitar right here on my left arm and like there would be <laughs> like um goosebumps on my arms because i would just oh. be so feel so much feeling so much connection to those notes and that feeling of what was happening that my body would react with goosebumps I and it would show was like Wow. it would
2: show up in different parts of your body you can feel yeah. di- different parts of your body would connect with the- oh that is yeah. <laughs> okay you, that's th- cool is this stuff in your book is this part of what do you talk do you talk yes, about this a lot
3: of this is in my
2: book oh very cool mm-hmm. okay i this is phenomenal oh my goodness this is <laughs> thank you might thank
3: read you my book now people
2: Yes, yes, it is time to read. Oh, by the way, did, 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 does everybody know that Amanda has a book? We'll be talking about Amanda's book in a little bit here. Okay, stay tuned. All right.
1: You crack me up. You're funny.
2: Oh, man. I'm telling you what, that's like the best description of music and the possibility and the evolution. And I'm hearing it from a deaf woman. Okay, now this is just, this is this is the perk of of having a radio show right here. Thank you, Amanda.
1: I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I wanted to shift back a little bit um, because we were kind of starting to touch on some discrimination and other types of things that you experience. And, you know, like we said up front, part of what we want to do is help raise awareness for mm-hmm. that. And so part of it is just understanding you know what, your experience is, but also how can we be more aware and sensitive and helpful in some way? To you know, when we are at the grocery store and realize, hey, maybe that person's not blocking everybody out, they might not actually hear me you
3: know, <laughs> or something. Yeah, so, yeah, that person's me, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm wrapped around the grocery store and everyone's yelling at me, go. God. right, right.
2: <laughs> do you wear t-shirts i mean hey what yeah, about, what about uh, do
1: you have
2: do you have like uh clothes or a sign or jack or or have you done you a know
3: mask. a mask that says i a would mask think mask. wearing so said, i actually my mask is a uh, picture of baby yoda on it and it says too close you are <laughs> <laughs> that's cute <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's I, like really that. Cute. I like that. It's
3: just like I am a proud deaf woman, I am also a proud nerd. So cool. nice. nice. Right. Part of the geeks. That yeah. rock.
1: Part of the club. Absolutely. Very cool. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I do
3: have shirts that say deaf, but I mean I don't wear them every day. I don't really um, feel the need to. Um mm-hmm. I I haven't needed to. Um I really just Uh, it's hard to explain. Um, it's really, for me, the most special, beneficial thing would be for people to understand that there's more than one way to communicate with people and that people with disabilities like me, we're still human. Mm -hmm. Um, there's kind of this instinct to kind of start treating us like children. Um, I'm like, I'm 30. Um, I've been grocery shopping for myself since I was eight pre-18, um, like, I, I know how to grocery shop. I just need you to just communicate with me if this is something important that you need to say. And so something I like to tell people is, um, A couple, there's a couple other ways to communicate with me that help when you're wearing a mask. Uh, one of them, I say it, text it, type it, or write it. Um, write down what you're trying to say so that I can read it. And then because I can speak, I can speak back to you. If not, I would, I'll write it down for you having a bad day where I just, like, words are not happening with mm-hmm. my brain. Um, not in English, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sign language <laughs> happens sometimes where English does not happen uh-huh. now, but, um, yeah, or type it out on your phone and show it to me. Um, if you wanna communicate with me, email is always best. It's just tiny little, little things that cost you maybe a couple more seconds of your day, but make me feel like a human being that's respected and mm. included. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my biggest pet peeves as a deaf person is when somebody says something and their, their heads turn or something so I don't catch it, but I know they said something. and I go, I'm so sorry. Can you say that again? I Because I, I, I care about what you say. I want you to know that your words and your thoughts are important to me. And then somebody turns around and to me says, oh, never mind. Because it's too much of a hassle to them mm-hmm. to repeat what they said, mm-hmm. and um, that that can be one of the more demeaning things mm-hmm. uh, as a, a deaf woman is when people kind mm-hmm. of basically they don't they instinctively say it like oh it's not it's not a big deal it's not important mm-hmm. that, to me that saying that I'm not important mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. Um, for, for you to take a few more seconds to explain yourself.
2: Even if um, it's not that important a message, just for your clarification of what it yeah. was, is mm-hmm. it's, worth, it's worth it to you that they would take the time to just, yeah.
3: I, I, yeah. And I mean, with technology nowadays, we have so many different ways that we right. can communicate. I mean, if you're talking about something that you think is complicated, like, oh, I'm talking about a video I saw on YouTube. Okay, cool. Pull up the video. Mm-hmm.
4: Show me the video. Yeah. Um, right. and
3: then I'll understand what we're talking about. We'll be able to have like a full-on conversation. I'm right. interested in what you have to say. Right. Um, right. and well, I just I just want you to be interested in what I have to say.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we very much well, are. And that's why we're so, here. And so
1: ahead. I'm I'm curious too. I mean, kind of along those lines. I mean, you're somebody who has, I mean, you've had your hearing, so you have the experience of losing it. And you were a child actor when you had your hearing, and now you're back at acting again. How is that similar or different with, like, two opposite experiences to come from? It's so
3: different. (laughs) Uh, so similar at the same time. Um, I'm always telling people, you know, characters um, are just these stories that involve characters. They're human, it's a human experience. Just because I'm deaf doesn't mean I can't relate to that human experience or bring that human experience to life. When I was a kid actor and I was playing hearing roles, and even as I was getting older, and I was really hard of hearing, but still able to act hearing enough, um, I, I was going on an audition a week, two auditions a week. Uh, now as a deaf person, me and my peers, uh, we get maybe one or two auditions a year. Um, wow. Wow. I, yeah, oh I had to leave my last agency because I'd been with them for years. And I was like, I just, please send me out for just normal roles, not only yeah. roles that have the word deaf in them. I'm capable of talking. If they need this character to be a human character, I can pull that off. Yeah. Uh, because it's still human emotions and sure. a human story and human connection that you're portraying in these stories. Yeah. And as a deaf woman, I'm human. <laughs> like, I still have those feelings and those thoughts. Same as you all um but my my agency at the time told me that i needed to just accept that i was only going to be allowed to audition for deaf roles um who who makes that yeah.
1: decision they do
3: unfortunately at the time it <laughs> mm. was a combination of between them submitting me and then um casting directors you know seeing mm. came, seeing the word deaf somewhere or um, on my social media or on a website or something, and assuming, oh, she's going to be hard to work with.
1: Mm-hmm. She won't be
3: able to talk. She won't be able to communicate with the cast or crew. Right. Like right. it's going to or it's going to cost us more to have an interpreter on set. And there's has a million, that, yeah.
2: Has that been evolving and changing? Do you see? Do you do you see that shifting a little in the industry? Or has there been? Uh, are are you? Do you have other jobs lined up now, perhaps? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, What's next for us to look forward to?
3: Right. Uh, I do have a film that will be coming out. Um, it was actually supposed to come out in March. But oh, no. uh, no, we shut it down. Um, but I have a film that will be coming out that I can't talk about yet. But okay. um, as far as job opportunities and stuff, is still very few and far between when it comes to being mm-hmm. a, a deaf actor, an actor who happens to be deaf. Um, even ones like me who has the privilege of being able to talk and the privilege of being able to, you know, act, be able to act like a hearing person if I really, if I wanted to, um, mm-hmm. like I am doing right now. I was
1: going to say, you're doing a great job today. <laughs>
2: like like just, I'm. This this really does need to be a videoed episode. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm just, impressed. It's, it's just incredible how, I, I, yeah.
3: It, <laughs>
2: It makes no sense um, that you can't hear. This, this just is amazing. I just,
3: I, mean, I just try to break down barriers wherever I can, be my authentic self wherever I can. I and mean, Lots of people have told me, you know, you've learned sign language now. you found your deaf identity. You've become a part of deaf culture. You've become like a proud deaf woman. Uh, you're no longer afraid of that word, but I see it as a gain in my life. I've gained becoming deaf. I've gained a community that supports me. I have gained a language that is fully accessible to me. English is not, it just, you know what? Life isn't fair. I can't hear. English is not accessible to me all the time. Um, I've gained amazing friends. Um, And I think becoming deaf has made me a more empathetic and just an all around better human being. And it's given me a purpose. It's given me, you know, a voice, something that, you know, something worthy of being heard. So I am proud to be a deaf woman, but a lot of the times uh, there was a time where I I was a deaf actress, but hiding my deafness in order to get roles and get auditions. And at the time I was booking things. And then when it would come out and I would hide it until the last second because I don't have to legally disclose my disability as long as I can do my job, Mm
1: -hmm. which I
3: can. I don't have to legally disclose my disability. And so I would get all the way to um, the night before filming, doing my, going in for my fittings for wardrobe. And then I would get released from projects. And it was happening time and time and time mm. again. Commercials, TV shows. I would be like on my way driving to the studio to get fitted for my costume for the next day. And they'd be like, we've decided to go in a different direction.
4: Yeah.
3: And I had Mm -hmm. people telling me, Amanda, stop putting the word deaf on your social media. Stop. And I was like, I can't stop being who I am. How is that Mm going to help the world? How is that going to help me as a person? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to hide something about myself that is different Mm -hmm. and special Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. it makes other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to educate them instead. So that's what I've been doing with my life, really, educating and promoting Mm -hmm. authenticity.
1: Oh. That is so yay, cool. yay!
3: You know one one of the things that cheers,
2: cheers, cheers.
1: <laughs> I'm the cheerleader now. Um, so often in our culture, <laughs> I wish I wish the listeners could see you two right uh, now dancing, and that's <laughs> just awesome.
3: Anyway, dancing. <laughs> See, def, yes, See, I'm, I'm trying we're, to like
1: ask a question and you're dancing without music. Can you hear the music? Oh, that's awesome. So, one of the things that I know about culture in general is is quite often those who have less access actually wind up understanding other parts of the culture more so because they have to pay more attention to the little things so that they can maneuver through it. And, and you're someone who actually walks essentially in two worlds now. You, you've mm-hmm. back and forth. So I'm curious, what kinds of things have you become more aware of or more sensitive to essentially with, with new eyes and new understanding?
3: It's kind interesting because when I became deaf, I realized that I um, was definitely more observant than the kids around me. Even just growing up, it was survival. Um, I had to be more observant and more aware of what was going on around me, um, what subjects were being discussed in different areas, just so that I made sure I was always ahead of the curve, just so that I could keep, barely keep up with everyone else who could just hear the, the information in real time. Um, one of the things that i thought was okay this is gonna be kind of a funny story but i was in college um when i realized now i started this my hanging when i was four years old i haven't heard birds or rain or anything like that like high-pitched things since i was probably seven um i lost the violin when i was about seven or eight um so those high frequencies have been gone for me for a long time and there are certain things in the, in your culture and in your daily life you don't realize you're, you're missing because people don't talk about it. So I remember one time, um, I'm going to try to make this as clean a story as possible. But I remember one time <laughs> I was in college and I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. And you know how girls do the like, bathroom pairs. And so like, I'm holding it, I'm doing like this potty dance, I'm running to the bathroom and I run into the open stall, and I finally pee. And I get out of the stall when I finish, and she goes, wow, you really had to pee. I was like, one, how would you know that, and two, why would you say that? And she goes, oh, well, I can hear you pee through the stall, and I was mortified. I had no idea. Oh. I had no idea that hearing people could hear each other use the bathrooms next to each other, and uh. I've been so self-conscious about that since that day. Oh. I, I, I never heard anyone use the bathroom around me in stalls, so I didn't know that other people could yet hear me as the bathroom. I'm thinking back to all the times I was like singing, or like, I don't know, and <laughs> like, excuse me, Privacy. Just privacy means nothing to you hearing people. Turn your ears off. Stop <laughs> She's like, it doesn't work like that, Amanda. Hearing people can't turn their ears off But I was like, well, it's an invasion of privacy. <laughs>
1: Wow! So yeah, it is it, a different it, experience. A that's for world,
2: sure. <laughs> different world. Oh my goodness!
3: So that's a little weird—a uh, deaf culture, hearing culture thing for uh-huh. you.
2: Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Things
3: hearing jam. Listen to We're- each other. pee.
2: Yeah. we're not as, we're not as a, in private as as a as private a world as we might think we are right uh, no. oh, oh yeah. my goodness.
1: gosh you know what we're, well, we're actually at our time not just getting close but we have been yeah. enjoying this so okay. much we? we lost track of time so hey. we actually have to finish up and and close out but, but before we do i want to make sure people know how to connect with you and find your book so how best do they do that
3: for so my book, visit readytobeheard.com. Um, on social media, I'm everywhere: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I love connecting with people and answering questions. Um, you can find me there at ReadyToBeHeard Be Heard on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, or Amanda McDonough on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all of that. Awesome. And I'm a millennial, so like I have them all, you know.
1: And you keep up on them all. On there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ready <laughs> to be heard.
2: Posting. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and and maybe we can talk her into spending a little extra time, and we'll have a little maybe, bit more. Maybe, maybe.
1: But um, yeah, we are we're, well, we're over. So we we gotta get our, on, last, our little last little announcements. Okay. Thank you so oh, much for being a part this of the show today. For having me. This I really has really been appreciate so
2: it. So amazingly inspirational we and wonderful. We do
1: have a quick question for our listeners though. Um, Uncle Mark and I have been hearing about the fears and concerns of this unusual back to school season and we're wondering if you or someone you know has young kids who are less energetic than typical, seem more sad or worried, or might even be asking questions that they don't seem to have any answers for. Social distancing and online learning is especially hard on young kids this year. So if you're looking for a tool, a resource that can help rebuild their confidence, help them feel more connected, and help them build the resiliency they need to navigate the world we're living in right now, we invite you to check out the Adventures of the True Sunbeam. Not only is the story itself uplifting, but the interactive features bring families together, and the Shining Moments pages create an ongoing growing positive reminder of your child's strengths so look for it at truesunbeam.com and of course on amazon
2: so until next week
1: wherever you are
2: there is still time
1: for remembering to
2: rise and shine shine. (laughs) all right see you next week
0: Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining.